This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Today marks World COPD Day. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease is a lung condition that causes obstruction of airflow and creates debilitating bouts of breathlessness. According to StatsCan, it affects 846,000 Canadians and 384 million people around the world, and it's on track to become the third leading cause of death globally. And the question is, what do we have to do to live with this disease? Let me give the numbers out. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now let's go to Henry Roberts, the Managing Director of COPD Canada. Thank you so much for joining us, Henry. My pleasure, Libby. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, so this is a disease that I know a lot of people have, but we don't really know a lot about it. Well, uh, COPD is fairly well known, but COPD is an acronym for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease that includes three types of diseases that affect the lung, uh, the, the, the lungs. The first is chronic bronchitis. The second is emphysema. And a third, uh, less known condition is called alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. Mm-hmm. So uh, within the within these three categories, em- emphysema is the largest, and uh, it's the most destructive. Uh, the lungs, your lung, air, your alveoli, the air sacs in your lungs lose elasticity, and there's a destruction of, of the sacs. Chronic bronchitis is a serious inflammation of the bronchial tubes, and people with that condition uh, have a lot of uh, heavy mucus and phlegm that's con- coughed up, and alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, which only affects about 5% of the COPD population. It's it's a genetic uh, disease where um, the liver produces a protein called alpha-1 antitrypsin, and the people lack that protein, or it's, it's in a very large or small amount, and it causes uh, early-onset uh, emphysema. Uh, so, so, the, so sorry, uh, go ahead. No, I'm just going to summarize that those are the three main branches uh, within COPD. And uh, how does this impede? I mean, uh, are there different stages, like um, moderate COPD, or is is it a disease that, uh, or a series of diseases that progresses? Yeah, it does progress. Unfortunately, there's no cure for COPD. Uh, there are four stages of COPD going from mild to, to extreme and you, you lose the ability to exhale as you move through these stages. And the stage three and four are usually, uh, underscored, uh, through lung attacks, exacerbations, which cause a further destruction of the, uh, air stacks and the elasticity. So it's pretty serious, uh, pretty serious condition. And the primary cause is, uh, is tobacco smoke, is smoking. Yeah, uh, that's not a, a, a surprise. And is there a normal 
time period that uh, it it goes through from mild to severe? Um, well, I, it's around about it's about a decade. I I, I kind of look to the founder of COPD Canada, Mary Layton, who was diagnosed and, and then went through the stages and uh, passed thirteen years later. Uh, and um, so, I mean, I, I have known of people who were diagnosed at a young age as a result of smoking, and I've seen something that said that it actually affects a lot of kind of younger baby boomers, people in their late 40s. Is that uh, right? Not so much. It's it's typically uh, uh, 55 and older. It presents older in life, and uh, and... You know, smokers are notorious for denying the uh, the uh, problems that they're having. They 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 really avoid confrontation with the medical profession. They don't want to be told to quit smoking, so they put it off, put it off, put it off until they have a, a serious bout of breathlessness, a lung attack, or clinical term is an exacerbation. And. But, uh- uh, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, just just looking at the uh, Stats Canada um, numbers, you know, there are 842,000 people in Canada. I had it written down here somewhere. But uh, they look at people from 45 to uh, 49 to 59, and then 59 to 64, and then above 64, and about uh, 65 and older, and about half the population is over 65. Okay, um, here's a, a question that I have. There are lung symptoms for COVID-19. Is the whole business of COPD complicated because we're in the midst of this pandemic? It, it is, uh, um, and but, but I guess there's a, there's, a, there's a silver lining to this with regard to the COPD population. They've really hunkered down as soon as COVID presented. Uh, around mid-March, uh, all of the rehab facilities were basically shut down. The uh, s- support group meetings were called off. Uh, COPDers really took it seriously. So they've, uh, you know, the the incidence of uh, COVID within the COPD population is not really that great because of the, how seriously they took the uh, the virus. I'm I'm glad to hear that. We've got Kevin in Toronto. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. I uh, just is. Uh, I'm hearing that you're talking about the COPD today, and it kind of touched home. My grandfather had it. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. Sorry, but I was really really close with him, and I just wanted to explain some of the things that I saw, which is pretty alarming for COPD. I didn't really understand what it was, uh, but the he was a very fit guy, and and. The exercise did help him a lot, but yeah, exactly what they're saying about coughing up big bouts of phlegm. Uh, he was really winded all the time, even though he was like a fit guy, very, very winded, almost similar to my other cousin who has cystic fibrosis, obviously not to that extreme, but uh, it was very um, scary sometimes to see him wheezing and seeing him kind of try to make a joke out of it, but I could tell he was struggling, even though he's a fit guy and he would swim 200 laps a day, it really, really affected him, so... Well, thank you for sharing that. Is that what he passed away from? Uh, no, he unfortunately passed away from cancer, but that was something that kind of was, you know, it, it played a factor in it. But also 
you know, he was a smoker before he stopped. And I think he says that kind of played a role. I don't know if that does or not, uh, smoking, if that does. Obviously, it, it inflames yeah. it. But I didn't know if it makes it. Is that something that you can get it from? Absolutely. Okay. So that's, uh, he always said he regrets doing that and never to smoke or else he'd uh, come after me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sm- smoking is the primary cause of COPD. Okay. And, and okay. it's the toxins in the uh, smoke that uh, are really the um, the killer part. Um, the, the toxins are also in um, in um, released by wood smoke. So a lot of people in northern Ontario, northern Canada, who use wood to uh, heat and to cook with, um, the wood is off-gassing these particulates, microscopic particulates that damage the lungs. And we've got a lot of members out in BC who've had a heck of a time with the fires out there. Uh, Kevin, thanks so much for your call. Thank you. Okay, um, let's go to Margot in Roseneath. And Margot, uh, tell us about your mother. Um, well, uh, thank you for taking my call. My mom uh, had COPD, and unfortunately, she passed away in February. I'm but sorry. I I, thank you. I had a question. She never smoked a day in her life, but she worked in the dry cleaners for 18 years in the 50s and 60s. Could that be the cause? Um, I I don't know absolutely, but uh, but any kind of airborne pollutants can cause COPD. People I've mentioned uh, alpha one antitrypsin deficiency. They're born with a genetic disposition to they don't have the protections uh, for lung protections that normal people have. So it's particularly dangerous for them to be in any environment that has chemicals. Uh, airborne particulates of any sort, secondhand smoke, can trigger um, uh, emphysema in that group. So I can't say absolutely, but uh, but um, I don't think it did her any good being in, in, in an yeah, environment think, with chemicals. I think you've kind of answered my question because her her next job was was in a chain factory, chain making factory, and it was like solid smoke. Um, yeah. So. That's probably where she got it from, even though she didn't smoke. Uh, so I thank you. I think you've given yeah, me some answers. The, thank the, the you. Chain, the chain factory, they may have been galvanizing as well, which uses lead and nickel, and they literally melt melt those metals, which you know the process would release them into the air as well. So. Well, yes, yes, they did actually. Yeah, uh, probably didn't help. Okay, Margot, thank you very much for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we've got uh, Steve in Brampton. Hello, Steve. Oh, hi, Libby. Uh, how are you? Fine, thanks. Um, I have a question for your for your guest. My my father died many years ago, uh, but he had emphysema. And it's funny because at the time I thought emphysema was, I knew there was no cure for it, but I always thought if you remove the irritant, i.e. smoking, that it would just, it wouldn't get any worse. But then I discovered after that it is progressive and quite often ends in a heart attack, which is exactly what happened to him on his 70th birthday. Sorry now, to hear um, that. And he also had the antitrypsin condition. Oh, boy. So when he, when he was being treated, and this is back in the early 80s, Sick Children's Hospital was doing a lot of research on this. So they reached out to, well, my father was scheduled to go down and be a bit of a guinea pig, but he passed away. So I wound up getting a letter and my siblings, and would, would we volunteer to go down for a couple of tests, which I did. I was working, obviously, at the time. I was in my 30s. 
I thought I thought I was going down for like an hour. I, I was there from eight o'clock in the morning, and at three in the afternoon, I said, "You know, guy, I have a job. I have I have to leave." I, I went mm-hmm. through so many tests, but it turned out that I have the antitrypsin, and I was diagnosed with that in my in my thirties. It's I just treated it as my lungs won't repair when I sleep as fast as somebody else. I did smoke. I smoked from when I was fifteen. I quit when I was twenty-six, which is a long time ago. But um, I have had for many years the phlegm issue. And I remember seeing my father in his later days just hanging over the sink in the morning, just, you know, coughing up terrible stuff. I have rough mornings sometimes. Anyway, because of the phlegm issue, I went and got diagnosed and, and I went through a series of tests. And they say, I have, I have a condition that is consistent with moderate COPD. Now, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that the antitrypsin deficiency, does it automatically lead to emphysema? Or um, I don't believe it automatically does, but, uh, you know, the Alpha-1, alpha there's, there's an Alpha-1 society, and they have quite a good website, uh, alpha1canada.ca, I believe, is the, uh, is the website address. And uh, Dr. Ken Chapman is their lead clinician, and uh, he's a real expert on alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, I would really recommend that you join uh, Alpha-1 Canada so you can keep up on the, the latest uh, therapies. And and uh, I think I think there, there's a, a dispute right now because one of the blood therapies that they had was covered by the provincial government, and they've, they've dropped coverage recently. So there's a, quite a push to get that uh, product uh, reimbursed again, but I, I would sorry. I would definitely join Alpha One Canada, and uh, if you if you're lucky enough, you Dr. Chapman uh, practices at Toronto Western Hospital. Uh, he used to write for our newsletter and uh, was extremely helpful in the in the launch of COPD Canada. I, I should say that I. Other other than that, I feel in great shape. I go to the gym every day. I ride a motorcycle. I look after well, the house. But it's just the, for me, it was always the phlegm issue, which is consistent. It's, that's really my companion. Well, I, I hope that uh, you can get more information, and uh, all the best to you. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Okay. Nice chatting with you, Steve. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Daryl in Toronto. Hi, Daryl. Hi, how are you doing today? Fine. Go ahead. You keep talking about uh, smoking and COPD, and I'm wondering if you're just referring to tobacco or is marijuana impact on this too? Well, um, uh, interesting that you should mention that. We uh, we published a newsletter called Living with COPD, and one of the uh, we interview a, a COPD uh, in every issue. Uh, it only comes out twice a year, but anyway, one of the people we interviewed was a pot smoker. And he absolutely believed that smoking marijuana uh, led to his, uh, his COPD, his emphysema. And uh, his reasoning was that, uh, one, when you smoke pot, you tend, well, he was a drinker as well. So he'd drink, he'd have a joint, he'd smoke a cigarette, and, then, you know, you'd get on this vicious cycle. But the smoking of the pot, he believed, uh, was, was, was much more toxic than the cigarettes because it's unfiltered. And, uh, and you take, tend to take extremely, uh, large inhales of, uh, inhalations of marijuana. So, 
I, I don't know that if there's a clinical study out there that, uh, you know, underlines what I just said. But uh, one of our members absolutely believes pot smoking causes COPD. Okay, that doesn't sound terribly scientific. No. Uh, what sorry, about vaping? Anecdotal. Sorry, what about what? Vaping. Oh, boy. Um, we, we, the, the studies are saying that vaping is not good for you. That's the preliminary studies. And that, uh, you know, as a, as a society, we've wrestled cigarette smoking to the ground, and now the great fear is that vaping is going to replace cigarette smoking. Inhaling any kind of material, foreign material, is not good for you. Um, I can't put my finger on studies right now, but we've published a lot of things that refer to the harms of vaping. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Daryl, thanks for my that. Pleasure. Okay, so uh, obviously a lot of questions from people, and interesting, a lot of questions from people who've rel- whose relatives have passed who are trying to make sense of what happened to them. Um, well, it's it's deadly, and and uh, I think it was Steve who referred to uh, his dad dying of a heart attack. Um, and this is what happens: the the emphysema, the COPD, causes um, the amount of oxygen in your blood to uh, diminish, and uh, people get down to twenty, thirty percent oxygen saturation, and then they have a stroke or they have a heart attack. So the cause of death is, is is written down as a heart attack. But it really, it was the lack of oxygen in their blood. It was the COPD that resulted in the heart attack that killed them. Henry, we only have a few minutes left. I know the theme of this year's World COPD Day is living well with it. So what is your advice to people? Well, my advice is if you smoke, quit smoking, if you can get access to a pulmonary rehab facility or a kinesiologist specializes in uh, pulmonary uh, exercises, definitely take advantage of that. We are working with a group out of McGill University, Respi Plus, and we've just finished a study to see what kind of interest there'd be in online pulmonary rehab because all the rehab places are shut down because of COVID. So we've just got the results of that study and we'll be publishing that. So I highly recommend people go to our website, www.copdcanada.info. It's .info. That's very important. And we will be updating access to exercise and, you know, these these services that are coming online to replace the uh, in-person services that are very important to people with COPD. Get your exercise for sure and quit smoking if you're a smoker. What, what kind of exercise can people with COPD comfortably do? Well, their, their breathing exercises are, are a lot of them. You can do them sitting down depending on how physically active you still are. But they, uh, the simple things are, are learning, relearning how to breathe using the diaphragm. There, there are techniques that if you have these bouts of breathlessness and you start going into panic, people have panic attacks, how pursed lip breathing can settle you down. And, um, and uh, there are a variety of, uh, of techniques 
that you would learn through pulmonary rehab or these online services. There's a really good website uh, called livingwellwithcopd.com, and it walks you through all of the stages of self-management of COPD. That's livingwellwithcopd.com. I really recommend it. And that's the group in Montreal that we uh, we work closely with uh, out of McGill. And are, Montreal there, General. are there drugs? Oh, yeah. There, there's a plethora of very, very good medicines, uh, starting with a you know, range of bronchodilators. And as your disease gets worse and worse, then they'll put you on uh, inhaled corticosteroids. And now there are uh there's triple therapies that uh, are being introduced to uh, to people. So, so typically they'll start you on uh, on a, um, what's called a long-acting muscara agent. Uh, the pot, most popular one is a drug called Spiriva. And then as you progress, the de- disease progresses, then they add drugs to the base drugs. And with all of this, you have a rescue inhaler that you use through these, you know, to get you through these boats of breathlessness. And uh, so, yeah, there's a, there are a lot of medicines, and they're all very good. And and you know, in talking to Dr. Chapman after Mary passed, uh, it's like, do you uh, did you attribute to the the length of time that she was around? You know, it came down to early diagnosis intervention with these medicines and uh, access to pulmonary rehab and quitting smoking. Okay. Um, Henry, uh, 20 seconds. What would you like to leave us with? Well, I'd like to leave people with hope that if you, if you catch this uh, disease early enough, there are a lot of interventions that can help you live a, you know, a long and um, good life. Okay, I think, uh, yeah, you've nailed it down. Uh, That is Henry Roberts, the Managing Director of COPD Canada. Thank you so much for this. Obviously, a lot of interest out there in it. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Libby. Okay, and that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.